Yes, hello. This is urgent communique. Putla, attack Ukraine any day now. The soldiers, they be bad. Real bad. This is what you've been hearing for a month now. Every single day, enormous amount of media with identical takes, terrible flat art design. They're all writing these pamphlets. Incredible investigative journalism, right? They were so proud of themselves, as if they found out some huge secret. All those blue checks were writing about... Disinformatia, right? A very powerful Soviet spell, KGB spell. And then they forget all about it. They see a sudden influx of uh, soldiers around Ukrainian border. They see some joint military operations with Belarus called the strength of unity. And they go raving mad. Oh no, the war is happening, the war! As if not the same people wrote about disinformation and active measures, all those bullshit for years. Yes, the exercises, the drills were way larger than they used to be. It's true. It was a very large troll. Military provocations are as old as humanity. NATO always provokes Russia. Always, everywhere, in the Arctic, Black Sea, in Central Asia, in Ukraine. What is Ukraine but a large provocation on the body of former Russian Empire? That's a war of bluffs, of provocations, endless. There will never be a hot war. I basically see one single scenario that uh, the real hot war is possible. Ukraine decides to take back Donbass. Donbass citizens were given Russian passports and mass. Right? So, technically, they are Russian citizens. Not a random move at all. Because Ukraine knows that by attacking Donbass, they will drag Russia into war. And Russia will have a casus belli to involve itself. Right? And to uh, defend Russian citizens. But please note that Ukraine had years when Donbass people did not have Russian passports. So, the opportunity was there. Now it's a different story. Yes, the West will not like it, blah, 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 but it doesn't matter. The West probably chickens out. And it will be just like 2008 war with Georgia. When Georgia tried to attack Tsin Valley in South Ossetia and the Russian passport havers pleaded Russia to involve itself. And we did, and we destroyed Georgian forces, and they came home. Saakashvili wanted US, then President Bush, I believe, uh, to, to help Georgia take back South Ossetia, which they didn't. Yes, they lied on the media, right? But it showed that US is only capable of lying. The journalistic race will twist, lie, agitate, breathe hatred and spout various nonsense. But it will never do anything other than that. So... Ukraine perfectly knows that, and they absolutely lost this momentum. Russia was offering Donbass for the taking, for Ukraine. All they needed to is to follow Minsk protocols, right? 
do a little federalization and take back Donbass. That's what Putinenko was offering Ukraine. They didn't follow up. So, seven years after the failed Minsk protocol that everyone signed, Ukraine uh, and Russia and uh, Angela Merkel and Francois Hollande and Leonid Kuchma for some fucking reason, it was not followed. And now Donbass people have Russian passports. So, no, no chance in hell of there being a real hot war. What surprised me is that there were some Russian patriots who agreed with the premise that Russia will imminently invade Ukraine. And one of them was our friend Anatoly Karlin, who wrote a Substack blog called Powerful Takes. Yes, uh, subscribe, they are very thought-provoking, that's for sure. So Karlin actually believes that... Uh, Invasion will take place, and he has a couple of reasons. He says that troops tell the story. What we have observed over the past few months are completely consistent with the invasion planning. Well, too bad, because uh, the army, Belarusian joint military exercises are over. Military is leaving. Second up, uh, game theory. Russia's impossible ultimatums to NATO have pre-committed it to military operations in Ukraine. Not at all. The ultimatum of Russia uh, to NATO, that NATO should leave uh, post-Soviet states alone, right? Like the promise back in the day. Uh, it's not that impossible, actually. It will happen sooner or later, when Europeans get sick and tired of American shit. And it's it's possible. Because, you, you see, I don't believe in the American... Uh, th that American hegemony will last for a thousand years or whatever. The Lindy Man. Remember the Lindy Man? 2019, anyone? Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> thousand year American Reich is out of the table. Because it's not healthy. It's... Um, insane nation of uh, lunatics at this point uh, the, with the trainee black uh, mambo-jumbo absolutely cannot last too long. The most important thing to realize here is that Russia is not a country where military is strong. I mean that in the sense that military elites, the generals, have any sway on the Russian government. They don't. Who actually commands Russian army? Well, it's Shaigu. Shaigu is a former uh, MCS guy or emergency minister. By education, he's an engineer. Didn't serve in the army. Let's uh, let that sink in. He never served in the army. That's the Minister of Defense of Russia. His predecessor, Sirikov, uh, he's an economist by education. Also, he was uh, first, he was uh, the head of uh, Federal Taxation Agency, right? Uh, he was uh, collecting taxes and then he was given a job as a Minister of Defense. Also, not a military guy at all. His predecessor, the first Minister of Defense in Putin's Russia, Sergei Ivanov, he's a KGB spook. With the carnival of a biography, he never served in the army, naturally. Um, he was sent 
to London <laughs> in 74 to learn English. Um, after uh, the Soviet collapse, he, he was the head of FSB and he was the boss of Putin. Not military guys, either spooks or economists or civilians. Let's say, let's call them that, civilians. Spooks or civilians. What does it tell us that Putin does not like strong military leaders, the national heroes of generals having any influence whatsoever? Throughout Soviet history, the famous generals were either exiled, dismissed or killed. Marshal Zhukov, the war hero of World War II, uh, what happened to him after the war? when he had such popularity that he outshined Stalin. There was a trophy case where he was put to scrutiny for some bullshit, absolute bullshit reason. And then he was uh, sent to actually to, to the Urals. He was blamed for Bonapartism. That's the term, Bonapartism. Tukhachevsky, early Soviet general who was Red Napoleon, he was also blamed for Bonapartism, and he was shot. Then there was General Rochlin. General Rochlin, the hero of Afghan war. Uh, he served in the first Chechen war. He was a national hero. Uh, he tried to do politics. Uh, he uh, joined a party, Nashdom Rasiya, and in a couple of years, he was chilling at his dacha with his wife, and his wife as the official statement went on, right? The official statement was exactly that. His wife kills him with his own gun in cold blood for no reason at all. That's what happens to popular generals, marshals, etc. in Soviet Union and post-Soviet Russia as well. So what does it teach us? That the actual real hot war will cause generals uh, to be very popular. And Putin does not want that. So he will never do a large-scale war. Every single uh, military clash was a kind of a series of special operations by small groups of little green men, various mysterious guys. That's the spooky Putin style of uh, doing anything. I don't want to sound like a Russia gator, but yeah, Putin is a spook, right? And uh, that, I'm not saying that it's bad, but it's not his jam, it ain't his style to do any real hot war. He will never do that at all. Yeah, and the last uh, argument of Anatoly Karlin is uh, the nationalist turn. As uh, every intelligent man, Anatoly, he doubts uh, his own conclusions. And um, he says, should Russia fail to follow up, it will be recognized as an, an ironic troll country, one that scores cheap owns against Western quote-unquote war propaganda. But it can be expected to do nothing but puff its cheeks when its bluff is cold. Well, we might be a troll country, but yeah, you mad? <laughs> you mad, bruh? You got trolled. Epic style. Yeah, <laughs> that's the essence of Russia. Deal with it, bro. You mad? Deal with it, bro. You mad? So while I would love to be proven wrong, as uh, every time I uh, predict nothing happening, 
but I don't think that um, we can expect anything glorious happening uh, in the near future. As I've always said, yes, in a historical perspective, the return of Ukraine to Russian sovereignty is, well, inevitable. But the current political configuration and the deep structures of the Russian Federation were specifically created to prevent this. So if the huge betrayal uh, happens again, as it already happened in 2014, this betrayal is not situational. It is uh, soon into the DNA of uh, the state, this ruling class, and especially this president. You know, um, every religion needs an image of absolute evil, otherwise the whole thing makes no sense. And the same applies, of course, to civil religions. The Muslims have a ritual called Rami al-Jimar, the stoning of Satan. In the city of Mina, not far from Mecca, they gather and throw stones at pillars that represent the devil during the Hajj. And dozens of pilgrims die each year during this ritual. You know, you got to break some eggs to make an omelette. And for the killing of Satan, the believers have to die. And uh, anything can happen. So since the Ukrainian nationality is, uh, or ethnicity is not an ethnicity in the classical sense, but rather a civil religion or a cult, it also needs an image of absolute evil for its internal stabilization. And this role is played by Vladimir Putin. Um, he is to blame for everything, he is present everywhere. The Ukrainians have invented an obscene nickname for him and named an asteroid after that nickname. So for Ukrainian nationalist, Putin is everything. He is uh, in the sky and in the sea, he is in children's dreams, he is everywhere. He is in every bullet, in every rocket, he is in every raindrop and there is nothing outside of Putin. And without Putin, the whole Ukrainian project wouldn't make sense anymore. Uh, Putin's main merit is not even that he physically saved Ukraine in 2014 and 15 by not letting its economy default or letting it freeze without gas. It's, yes, uh, if you remember, uh, Russia kept supplying Ukraine with gas, even when the Ukrainians officially declared to be in a state of war with Russia. So that, of course, ever happened. Uh, he tied the... Donbass militia's hands, he forgave um, Ukrainian debts, he gave discounts on coal, he uh, saved the Ukrainian, uh, the library of Ukrainian literature in Russia and made a huge deal out of it, and he called Ukrainians a titular nation of Russia, which is especially fun since I don't recall him ever calling Russians that. So Ukrainians are the titular nation in Russia, but Russians are not. But the great good that Putin has done to Ukraine is different. He gives it metaphysical meaning. Because without the image of Putin, without the Antichrist, who binds the set of ideas that range from such different things as um, my grandfather served in the Galician SS division to soon will join the EU and I will go scrub toilets in Budapest uh, into a coherent ideology, and without this everything would fall apart. Without Putin, to whom all the old grievances and their own sins could be projected, 
Ukrainians would instantly turn from a proud nation uh, that is opposing the hordes of Mordor into lying, greedy hypocrites who by their own stupidity and stubbornness have plunged their homeland into an abyss from which, again, without Russian support, they will never get out. The main Ukrainian patriots in the world sit not in Kiev and not even in Washington DC, but in the Kremlin. And the most important of these Ukrainian patriots, who miraculously combines physical loyalty to Ukraine and metaphysical importance to the integrity of the Ukrainian worldview, is Vladimir Putin. The phenomenal rejection of uh, Russians in 2015, uh, the Minsk Treaty and so on. It only reinforces Putin's image as the ideal Ukrainian nationalist. He does what he does without fanaticism, without the typical Ukrainian passion for symbols and uh, circus acts. He just strengthens the Ukrainian statehood time after time, saving this ridiculous country from final collapse. He calmly tolerates all the accusations and insults. He carries the responsibility for an entire nation on his soldiers. And as a Ukrainian atlas, he carefully fulfills his duty to his moral homeland, even at the cost of his own reputation. He's the Ukrainian that Ukraine deserves, but not the one he needs right now. He will endure. He will not break under the flood of hatred. He will not break under the pressure from his own parliament that uh, just voted to recognize the Donetsk and Lugansk republics. He is uh, not a visible hero. He is not a Ukrainian army veteran. He is uh, he was not a Maidan, but he is a silent guardian, the watchful protector. He is the Ukrainian knight. And this is why I don't expect anything uh, to happen, because Putin is just really committed to the whole project of the Russian Federation. And the meaning of the Russian Federation, the Russian Federation in its current configuration was specifically built to support and prolong the unnatural lives of the separatist renegade regimes on the territory of the former Soviet Union. And one of the main uh, missions of this huge task is, of course, to protect Ukraine from the Russians. And so far, he's been really good at it. And yes, he has to fight the laws of history and the world spirit itself uh, wants Ukraine and better Russia to rejoin the homeland. But I don't expect it to happen anytime soon. As always, uh, I would be very happy to be wrong on this. I would be very happy to see this uh, world historical injustice rectified, but I don't believe in it happening in the current political configuration. And if it were to happen, it would mark such a break with um, the last hundred years of what has been happening in uh, Eastern Europe. It would be... Uh, like, people talk about how Crimea was a, a destruction of the post-World War II uh, order about not annexing territory and shit like that, and, and all that liberal uh, delusions. But if Putin were actually to break the cycle of Russia being reduced to a host for a bunch of parasitic regimes uh, that occupy that occupy the territory in the former Soviet Union or former Russian Empire, 
um, that would be such a momentous occasion that from that moment on everything else would become completely unpredictable. So it might happen, who knows? I'm, I don't make uh, like 100% predictions, but I don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon. I'm not sure what's happening right now. It all kind of makes no sense. There is no war preparation in happening in Russia. Um, Putin has uh, invoked the Minsk treaties that guarantee the territorial integrity of Ukraine in response to the Duma voting uh, overwhelmingly to recognize the Donbass republics. So I don't know, anything can happen, but I'm kind of black belt about all of this. It's a huge L, probably, probably even a worse L than in 2014. But we'll see, I guess.